Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. Oh my goodness, we got a great podcast for you today. My name is Ty from Breaker Culture, and this is episode 67 of Breaker Culture Weekly. And I got Shani back in the saddle with me today. I'm excited because we cover some fun hobby topics. We talk about Panini Obsidian Basketball, which is an online product, exclusive product that just came out today. We have a talk a little bit about Panini Black Football, which is in the similar vein, uh, an online exclusive product, which comes out next week. So we break those down. We talk about the death of Archives Baseball. Yeah, you heard that right. The death. Listen to to what we have to say about that. Um, And then we shift over and talk a little bit about the new managed payments platform that eBay is pushing sellers toward. And we give our thoughts on that, the pros and cons, lots of cons from our perspective. But uh, yeah, we want to we want to hear your perspective on that too. So be sure to listen to that and give us your feedback. And then the last half of this episode, we do we uh, we have a conversation. We break down our first annual Breaker Culture Weekly Propcast. Propcast, you heard that correctly. We are giving you our top fifteen NFL prop bets for the season, and we uh, we take ten thousand dollars each of us, ten thousand Monopoly dollars, and we apply it to those bets. And we're going to see who can come out on top at the end of the season. Some of those might not be Monopoly dollars. We'll see. Okay, so very fun conversation. If you're uh, if you're into betting, if you're into the fantasy stuff, then I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. Some obscure bets that both of us make, and then some not so obscure bets. If you're uh, if you're expecting what uh, any of us should expect from Shani as a Steelers homer, but uh, but hey, it's fun. But the best part about that conversation, and you got to hang tight and listen to it at the end, we're releasing the details of an awesome new competition that we're putting out for all listeners. And it is our first annual fantasy rookie card auction draft. And you'll hear the details talked about at the end. But the best part about this is it's free. You can enter. Anybody can. It's extremely simple. And we're going to give away an entire case of 2019-20 football cards to the winner of this competition. I promise you it'll be, a, it'll be a great case to be determined. We're going to figure out which one makes the most sense. And uh, yeah, you have the opportunity of showing uh, showing us your your rookie card investment chops and then also turning that into some uh, some nice nice rewards there for a, for a case of football cards. So listen for that. And uh, as always, we appreciate you listening to Breaker Culture Weekly. Please go to iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen to and leave us a review not just give us a rating but leave us a review type out what you like about it type out what you don't like about it and uh we like reading that stuff we like reading it on air too so uh leave us the reviews and and let us know what we can do better and uh have an incredible labor day with your family enjoy the show Shani, how you doing, man? What's up, Ty? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Awesome. I'm excited because today, we've been wanting to do this for a long time. We're doing our prop episode, and I think it's going to be fun, but we'll get to that. How was your vacation? 
Vacation was awesome. Uh, we always try to do something with the kids for a full week at the kind of end of their summer plans before they go back to school. So inevitably it ends up being, you know, some time in like the second, third week of August. Yeah. Which it was this time. We, uh, I have a good buddy in New York City. He's done fairly well for himself. So he's got a house in the Hamptons that uh, he's been trying to get us to come out and visit him <laughs> for many years. And it finally worked out. So he actually let us use the house to ourselves for the week. And he came up with his family for the weekend. And uh, this is one of my oldest friends. I've known him since pre-nursery. Uh, one of probably only three or four guys that I am still that close with pre-nursery far ago can you believe that we have we actually have pictures we we actually even brought those pictures with us and shared them with our family so that they could see that see see and i went that far back right (laughs) that's impressive so it's pretty cool it really is yeah I, i don't you know I don't know how many people can say that, and I, I could I can say that I've got you know a small small handful, not many, but you know I've got a few people that I go that far back with. So is a and, small uh, handful five and a large handful five. What's uh... uh what is it? I think it's about three <laughs> or four, two of whom I'm super tight with still. Dang, all right. This nice. guy obviously being one of them. Um, the other guy is uh, out in California now, so he doesn't. He gets back to Pittsburgh periodically, and he's married to a Pittsburgher, so they do come back for the holidays and stuff. Okay. But other than that, I don't get to see him very often. But we stay in touch. We, you know, we 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 do a good job of keeping each other up to date with our lives and that kind of thing. Nice. So, but no, it was a great trip. Um, there was a lot to explore, being that none of us had ever been to the Hamptons, and yep. there's all these. And I really didn't know what to expect. It's basically all these little towns dotted across the you know far eastern edge of long island and it's just little beach town after beach town Hmm. um but rather than like a florida kind of or west coast kind of feeling it it really is a northeast kind of feeling beachy town which is kind of cool and different um had some great seafood had a lobster roll every day at least once um yeah i tell you you don't get that in pittsburgh I mean, you can get it, obviously, with today's, you know, day of foodie, you know, excitement everywhere. Everything is only, you know, half a day shipping away. It's you can get fresh whatever anywhere you want. But there's obviously something fresher about getting a lobster roll from the boat that just caught it. Mm -hmm. It's rolling away to catch its next lobster, you know? Yep. Um and the atmosphere, you know, I can get a really good lobster roll in Pittsburgh, but I'm sitting in the middle of Pittsburgh while I'm eating it, <laughs> you know? Right. Sitting, the ambiance isn't quite there. Yeah. Sitting on the beach looking at the Atlantic from my, you know, stoop uh, at this whatever beach town restaurant and eating a lobster roll is a totally different experience. So right, fair. Fair. that was that was fun. It was really a good time. And, you know, the. The Hamptons is kind of known for, and really the only thing I knew about the Hamptons before going there, uh, being kind of upper crust, obviously celebrity laden. I didn't see that many, but I will tell you, I did get to rub elbows with a couple. Uh, I was checking out of uh, Citarella, which is kind of a smaller, higher end grocery store, kind of like a Whole Foods kind of place, but you know, kind of even smaller and higher end. As I was checking out of there. Um, Jeff Gordon was standing behind me in line 
And I, I got to tell you, I, if, I, I'm pretty good with faces. I think in sales, you probably would agree. You have to kind of mm-hmm. perfect that kind of thing, names and faces, or the kind of thing we work at to be good at our jobs. I don't think many people would have picked Jeff Gordon out of a lineup. He's, you know, still the same face, obviously, but mm-hmm. he might have put on a pound or two. Okay. But more than that, he had a fully white beard. Really? Full on white beard. I couldn't no believe kidding. it. Um, and then the, the next day, in fact, we were having, we, we grabbed some lunch and we were grabbing, uh, after lunch, we were grabbing some dessert at a, um, ice cream shop, just grabbing some ice cream mm-hmm. and who was in line ahead of us, the whole family, the entire Judd Apatow family, Oh his wow. wife, Leslie Mann, the comedian, the comedic actress and mm-hmm. his, his daughters are all into stuff right now. As well, especially his oldest daughter is doing some of her own things and really making a name for herself. Hmm. So that that whole and I love Judd Apatow's movies. I mean, there's I can name you know so many off the top just hmm. that, that are awesome. But um, yeah, so that I mean, whatever. I'm not some crazy stargazer or anything like that. But it's a fun experience. I think yeah. my my third my 13 year old got more excited than any of us. Obviously, yeah. Well, that makes it worth it. Yeah. Are you, the 13 year old going through puberty? Is this the same oh, 13? My- <laughs> we're not we're not we're not having this discussion we're not doing it i mean we can i'm happy to at no. any time i'm sure there are people out there that are going through something similar it's it really started in you know at a more serious level i would say late school year but when he got back from summer camp and for the next month since he's been a nightmare i mean i love the kid but man, the hormonal mood swings, everything, the, the the attempt to claw any every inch of independence and freedom out of us, even at the expense of, you know, breaking rules and seeing how we react and oh man. Mm. It is not fun. Yeah, we're not we're not going down that road. <laughs> I refuse. All right, so let's talk about a little a little bit about the hobby. Um, yeah. I mean there, there's some bit. there's some good products coming out. Right. I mean, there's some stuff that you've been talking about, like yeah, black, kind of mean black. What, what, what are you excited yeah. about? I mean, that's one. I, I I don't know what to think as far as it being an online exclusive with Panini. So black was the the end of life that product in 2013. Is that right? I think it was either 12 or 13. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Uh, you know, I'm not a fan of his any longer, but because I was obviously a fan of of uh, Le'Veon Bell's for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, what I recall is he had a rookie auto out of Panini Black. So that's why I say it was 2013, the last time they did it. And okay. at the time, it was a regular full skew product. This year, it's apparently going to be an online exclusive. Mm-hmm. 100 bucks a box, one pack, two autos, one mem, two base cards. I, I like that kind of darker look. Obviously, it, there's some obvious uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Condition issues. When you get that full bleed black card, edges and corners tend to, you know, really show any slight wear at whatsoever. So there's some danger in that. But if they do it right, and I've seen a couple mock-ups that look kind of cool, um, there's there's kind of, you know, that, that, that stealthy look could be done well. Um, and I, I can kind of like that. But we'll see. I mean, I, my hope is that breakers get their hands on it, which I assume they will. And uh, for sure. I'll just grab the Steelers in a couple breaks and, and hope for the best. I, I will say with Black, the the autos don't stand out to me because they're stickers, of course. But the the patches, the relics look sweet. 
And, the and that's the black thing. backdrops. So I think they could take an average relic. I don't mean a white napkin kind of thing, but they could take the same relic that they put in another product. And it looks a little bit nicer in that full black bleed black drop, backdrop, if mm-hmm. you will. But, I mean, I'm excited about it. Like I said, the mock-ups I've seen make me kind of want to give it a shot at least. So that's one yeah. product I'm excited about. Okay. Kind of in the same vein, not that it's all black, but it's definitely, you know, in the, if actually maybe it is. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, switching gears as far as sports, uh, Panini Obsidian basketball. Mm. Okay. Kind of the same thought. You know, it's it's all black, maybe a little bit sh- um, similar vein, meaning, you know, that kind of darker motif. Um, we just had a look at it in terms of Chronicles baseball, and we don't have to get into a discussion about what we like or don't like about Chronicles in general or Chronicles baseball particularly. Um, I had a kind of bit of fun with it in a couple breaks and hit a couple of those Obsidian autographs that just not only have that darker motif but also have more of like that prism shine coming off of it mm-hmm. if you will so i'm a little you know for basketball i'm I'm a little pumped about that i think that it has a chance of looking really kind of sharp so it'll be interesting to see that i don't know how expensive it's going to be in breaks and I, I, that's definitely the way i'm looking to go with it and just grabbing a couple teams but uh so if that comes out didn't that just come out obsidian which obsidian Today, I think maybe it did come out today. Either yesterday or today. I think it was the twenty eighth. Was when it's supposed to come out, but I, I guess I didn't really check yesterday. I wasn't watching it. it. It very well may have come out yesterday. I was a little bit more focused on uh, absolute football for some ungodly yep. reason. Probably because <laughs> it's 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 like every third football release seems to have Devin Bush mm-hmm. in it. Um, you know, as the Steelers' first rounder, but a defensive guy that wasn't invited to the rookie premiere, he's only going to have autographs in you know probably a third or even less of the products that come out for football. Right. So being that he's in this one, I was kind of into that, but that'll be short lived. Once I hit my first Devin Bush autograph, I'll be moving on pretty quickly. You're done. Got it. Um, Obsidian's yeah. online today, which is the 29th when this will be live. Anyway, there's it's in stock surprisingly. 120 bucks. Yeah, it, it it's 120 because it was published initially at, at 100. Yeah, so, it's 120, okay. 120 through Panini's site. Yeah, that's you're right. That, that's a very good comparison to Panini Black. It, it almost looks like they're they've got the same idea with everything in mind, from box design to basic card design. Right. Interesting. So, um, I'm sure there's a lot more coming out that I'm not necessarily thinking of on the off the top, but you know the that, that's what comes to mind. Tops Fired as a retail-only product did come out recently. Came out, mm. I think, earlier this week or maybe late last week. Got it. Um, so just in that vein of unique, different motifs, if you will, um, Tyson Beck, the guy, I don't, I don't know where he originally came from to have this relationship with Tops, where he essentially has the ability as an artist to mm-hmm. have his own product every year, which is pretty amazing. That is pretty cool. <laughs> Um, but then, you know, fire doesn't tend to garner all that much attention or hobby love in terms of secondary market values. So this is, this is the third year we've talked about it on the show because we've been doing this for that long. And I feel like every year it's like we get excited for basically a 24 hour period 
and we try to go snag a little bit and then we never talk about it again. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, it's entirely because, you know, there's those handful of products that even in a year where there's such a solid rookie class, which if it's a third year in a row that we've talked about it, it's also the third year in a row that there's been this solid of a rookie class. Very true. To to warrant talking about every baseball product. Right. But despite that, unless you hit one of those top three rookies, you're not getting any value out of yep. it. That's the bottom line. And the same goes for Gallery. Same goes for Bowman Platinum. Um, I wonder if it's the case for Bowman Sterling. That's not a retail exclusive. It's not even in retail at all. But um, I, I get the sense that it, it probably falls in line similarly. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that Bowman, a product like Bowman Sterling falls in line similarly. Right. You know, it's coming out amidst a number of other products that have far more consistent year after year hobby love hmm. and attention. And it's just trying to kind of eke its way in there for, uh, you know, a moment. And I don't even think it gets its moment, if you will. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's, a, that's a very fair, very fair assessment. Um, okay. Yeah, those are good. I like those. Um we're, we're kind of beyond heritage high number and some, I mean, we're, we're basically beyond heritage high number tops Chrome. We got Bowman Chrome on the horizon. Well, and archives was, you know, just, just <laughs> yeah. recent. And yeah, it's kind of, you know, the fan favorites thing isn't that exciting other than when you pull one of the special autographs, right? right. So, yep. but those special autographs tend to really do well, at least for a short period of time, maybe not as well as those Ginter non-sports mm-hmm. guys. But like Ken Burns, the filmmaker, had one. Um, I know that there were a few umpire autographs that, you know, who knows? Some people might get excited about that kind of thing. And those are going to go for maybe not hundreds of dollars, granted. But whereas your typical fan favorites baseball autograph in Mm -hmm. archives is probably in the order of a $5 to $15 guy, those other guys are probably 50 and above. Yep. You know, you pull an umpire, you pull Ken Burns, and, you know, you obviously have a chance of pulling a parallel. No, it's definitely not the kind of product that gets too much of a return, but it's there Yeah, on a a smaller angle. I do kind of feel this year it's a little bit more forgettable. I think the Sandlot hype kind of really helped last year. Absolutely. This year is just kind of, yeah. Actually, I couldn't even tell you, like, why is Ken Burns in there? What is the motif that ties things together? Is there a specific movie I don't think so, but I don't know. Yeah. Is I there? think I think more importantly you're banned from using the word motif for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but is like I'm honestly interested now and I realize I don't know the answer to this question. It's yeah. kind of weird. In years past I would have been able to tell you long before the product released, oh okay, the movie that it's focused on this year is Major League or Sandlot or whatever. Is there a specific movie this year or is it just kind of – what is it? I don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah, I I honestly don't know. That's how sad – I mean, again, I I, I think they're – you can kind of tell Tops is okay with this because they release so many products at once where you almost feel like they were just kind of trying to sweep it under the rug. Like let's get archives out there. But we're gonna we're gonna sandwich it in between Heritage High Number and Top Scrum. So you know what? If it's crappy, which it's going to be, no one's gonna really care. 
I, I wonder if <laughs> so. I agree with you, and I wonder if actually there is not a specific movie that it's hyped about this year, and that's why because they didn't have any like hook or angle. So it's like you're you're. I think you're right. It's potentially that Tops really didn't care and just shoved it in there between a bunch of bigger products, mm-hmm. and that part of it is not just because of that but also yeah you know what I'm looking at it it's not a movie this year it's the expos mm-hmm. it is the 50th anniversary of the Montreal expos yeah there you go well, and, and I do like a couple of looks like the tops magazine stuff I think it's kind of cool like that to me kind of makes it very retro and very like and during my era so I, I, right. I like that but yeah I mean there's no there's no value there and there's no hype and uh, these are the boxes you'll see during during Black Friday for like $36. Yeah. You know, I realize saying this all now and just having worked through this together, anytime Archives comes out without something specific to draw people in as a hook, it's 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 totally forgettable. I yep. mean, it's, it's generally a forgettable product even with it. But at least if you got the Sandlot thing, it, it gives it a little bit of life and makes it a little bit more relevant for a shorter, you know, it's still going to be a shorter period of time than other bigger products. But Right. Well, you know, I mean, shoot. Something like that. Forget it. Well, even last year, right? I mean, they, they totally screwed up their releases and they had to end up That's pushing right. out retail like a month in advance. And Hobby be basically, yeah. I mean, it, it was so irrelevant because Heritage High Number was out and then Update was out. And no, I mean, it was it was so forgettable for like a twelve hour well, period. More so though, because you had basically all of the biggest hits that had been on the secondary market for greater than a month right. before Hobby even came out. Yep. So yeah, you're right. Maybe that debacle last year has bled into how much they care about archives, and this could be a sign of the future. Either that it's about to go away, or they're going to have to breathe some serious life back into it to make yeah, it relevant again. Very, very true. And with that said, I do think you saw an uptick in archive signatures this year. I saw a, a lot more interest in the breaks. Uh, maybe that's the trend, right? A little bit more of an exclusive one-hit product that's still kind of I, pulls I, back I, to it's yesteryear. It's an interesting take because if, if your interest is in spending a smaller amount of money to get a hit that you know isn't going to be all that valuable, but mm-hmm. maybe if you get into a random break, you do have a shot of getting the Griffey Jr. or something like that. Right. Um, or if you know that's if it's you're doing, you know, they they've got both. They've got the archive signatures active, and then also separately retired player. Yeah. Excuse. Uh, you know, it's it is interesting. I like the fact that they're all encased. Um. And that you're not dealing with a lot of the fluff. I mean, I'm generally torn on base-heavy products. Some of them I really like and I want the base. Some I really can care less and I don't want a single base card. Right. Archives is definitely one where I tend to, like, really not care about the base. Mm. Other than, you know, and I, I was lucky enough in some of the retail that I – the very small amount of retail I bought, I did get at least one of the – one of each of the top-end rookies, and I just threw them in top loaders and threw them in the back of a box and – They'll be there for a while. My, my other thought, and this has probably been talked about elsewhere because you and I really didn't focus on this product, but when I, when I see the, the focus on the 50th anniversary for the Expos, they, 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 were, they started in 69, 
right? Yeah, they started in 69. They, <clears throat> didn't they disband in 2004 or three? What, why are we celebrating the 50th anniversary? They didn't even last 50 years. I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. I wasn't even going to mention it because it didn't even seem that interesting. But you're right. <laughs> like I mean, what? You know what I mean? Like it's such an – to me, it's such an afterthought. I even wonder, would we even be talking is, – is Vladimir Guerrero Sr. part of this because his son is the hype this year, at least part of the hype this year? Mm. If it wasn't for that relationship – would we be talking about the expos right now? I, I don't know. I don't. I'm I'm struggling with it. I yeah. don't get it. it, it the it fact that we've given it five minutes is probably uh, yeah, right. I mean, it, it's weird. Yeah, weird. But okay. So so don't buy archives. That's the take. Don't, I, I would don't spend at least time. not too much. I mean, one box hobby, maybe a couple blasters. Get the basic minimum of what you want. You know, your one Guerrero, your one Alonzo. Yep. You're one of men as whatever and move on quickly. There you go. All right. Well, let's talk about something that you and I got into a debate on uh, offline, but I thought it was yeah. relevant because we're, we're starting to see a shift. I mean, obviously, eBay is the marketplace when it comes to sports cards, and I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Like it or not. Like it or not, right? And I think for the most part, we all deal with it, and I think we most most of the time like it. They're, they're shifting – they're starting to shift a lot of sellers over something, something new called managed payments. Right. And managed payments is essentially eBay's new payment platform where they're trying to, they're trying to kind of kick PayPal to the side and kick all these other payment platforms to the side and force people, force sellers to accept payments through the eBay managed payment platform. Um, I personally, I'm just, I'm just not a fan of this. I mean, I, I love it as potentially an option, but the direction eBay is saying is that by 2022, or excuse me, 2021, so a year and four months from now, they plan on having the majority of sellers, in their words, the majority of sellers in the managed payment platform. So initial, initial thoughts to that, I guess, first off, we can break down a little bit more about what this looks like. and Which I think is important. I definitely think that I even still have a lot of questions as to what it really is, mm -hmm. first and foremost, yeah. and then picking apart the pros and cons from there. But I, I definitely have, like you, some some heartburn about this. Mm -hmm. um, what, what's your biggest heartburn? What, why why do you have heartburn about it? I mean, anytime you tell me I have to do something, granted, it's their business, and I've committed to that a long time ago, and it is what it is in that sense, but. If whenever you've gotten me into a certain habit of how I use something, a platform specifically, and then you make a change that isn't so minor, right? It's that it's actually a pretty darn major change, right? And you don't tell me that I either have a choice, a, or at least some time to kind of play with it and get used to it before I completely integrate with it. Yeah, I'm gonna have some heartburn. So let's talk about the pros and cons. But before we do that, let, let me give the, gen, the gist of what's happening here. Sure. So going forward, if you're on the managed payments platform, buyers are going to be able to pay a variety of ways. So buyers will be able to pay through PayPal. They'll be able to pay through Apple Pay, um, you know, Google's payment platform, all kinds of different ways. And then you are going to be at the mercy of the the managed payments platform for eBay to release those funds to you. You're going to have one central spot. You don't worry about anything on the collection side ever again. 
That's their their theory here, right? Um, and then they will release, they will directly deposit your money on a daily basis to your bank account. That's how it works. So they're, they're saying two to four day lag time between receiving payment and getting to your bank account. I mean, the difference between two and four days, so actually, let me start by saying it this way. The difference between instant access to money that's paid for yeah. on what I sell with eBay today through PayPal and two days is pretty dramatic. Someone spends $500 on a card. Not that that happens every day for me, but I'm using that as an example for obvious reasons. Someone spends a, a decent chunk of money, whatever that number is, on something with me. And all of a sudden, I've got that decent chunk of money immediately through PayPal to do what I want to do with it mm. versus having to wait for that same amount of money for two days is enormous, let alone that it could be four days. Yeah. That's that's really significant change. Agreed. And in all fairness, we'll have someone like Britton Becca or CRT on to talk about this. Um, from their perspective, but some people have beta that tested this and, and I've been asked to be on the beta team too. So I, I might actually test it a little bit, but the problem is once you sign up, there's no going back. You got to stick with it. You're in. And so that, that's my hesitation, but let's talk about the pros. Then are the pros from eBay's perspective are you don't ever sweat out the details of having to collect again. Like it's, there's a thousand different Did ways. Did you feel like you had to sweat the details? I mean, yeah. Never. You rant. I mean, look, the, the, I shouldn't say ne- – I, I would I, – for the most part, I agree that it's never – you have buyers that don't pay. You know, Generally for me, it's never been for something more than a $5 card. Maybe once in a, in a year, I don't even know what – you know, it, randomly here and there it has happened that a, a more expensive card has sold and the buyer didn't actually pay. Mm-hmm. I sent a cup, you know, maybe one, maybe two, if I really was patient, um, messages, and then clicked file a report, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that was that. And I relisted the product, and it sold again, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, it's not. It, it, so yeah, it happened, but it definitely wasn't something that I sweat. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. So here's the funny thing: is the the big selling point for them is lower payment processing fees. Yeah. So here, and each, apparently each seller is going to get different rates. Um, it's going to be based on your experience, your, you know, the status of your account. So here's what they're telling me my payment processing fees are. 2.7% for payment processing fees plus a 25 cent per listing payments fee, which is going to be waived though through the end of September. That's already more than what I'm paying. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, l- let's say Weird. you get the base PayPal rate, which I think is 2.9, right? 2.9? Does that sound right? You're saying that's if you open a store, right? If No, I mean, if you receive a, a PayPal transaction, the transaction fee is 2.9%, I believe. Right. Okay. G- give or take. I, I'm pretty sure it's around that rate. Um, and you're not paying a per listing fee. So yeah, on a thousand dollar transaction, twenty five cents is nothing. But when you li- if you list a bunch of dollar two dollar cards, which some people do, I mean twenty five percent that's that's a legitimate fee. Yeah. I wonder if in the managed payments world, eBay will continue to throw out those 
special offers that seem to come pretty often. Yep. You know, here's 200 listings for free. Yep. Here's 300 listings for free. I, I could personally say that with the minimum number of listings per month that you got for free and then those offers, I generally very infrequently had to pay that 35 cents. Now they're saying it's going to be less ten cents less than that. Well, no, no, no. This is not your listing fee on eBay. This okay. is a per list a listing payment fee. Totally okay. different. Oh, you're saying that fee will only be assumed if it sells. Correct. So I when, get it. yeah, I get it. Yeah. So so here here's the other couple things they say are you know important selling points. Um. You no longer have to manage multiple data sources, which I never thought was an issue. So sell, sales and I'm payment sure data. I get it. Yep. Multiple data sources. They, they, they clarify that, that by saying sales and payment data in several locations with multiple reports and accounts across both eBay and PayPal. You'll now have one spot to go to sell and get paid. I thought that's what they were always trying to do anyway. <laughs> so, honestly, I, I never thought that was an issue. Uh, the next one is two sets of fees now. Uh, from that to no more separate PayPal fees. You'll have a simple invoice for all your fees. Okay? Never had an issue with that. That sounds like spin. Like oh, totally. <laughs> Manually transferring funds to your bank. No longer do you have to do that. You can now have automatic transfers in place. No transfers needed. Okay, first off, transfers are needed. How many people... We're transferring money from PayPal to a bank anyway. Well, and in PayPal, all you do is transfer it to your debit card now, and you get it instantly. That's exactly my point. Yeah, and, and I didn't—I didn't even do that half the time because I knew yeah, that if the money card. was in my debit, I would use it. Exactly. I, I love how they say here from manually transferring funds to your bank to now no transfers needed, which is a complete lie because you're transferring money. Right, it still happens. It actually, oh in, this, in this case, you still transfer. It's just that they do it for you, but they claim that it has to take two to four days. Yeah. Buyers wow. perceiving limited payment options. So PayPal yeah. is perceived as the primary payment method. Now, buyers will have more ways to pay, which that to me is probably the biggest selling point of many of this. I was just going to say the same thing. It's the only legitimate claim that I can see in all of this. Somebody who in the past... I don't know how many people out there still don't have a PayPal account, but let's assume that there is still that audience, which I, I know it is, but <laughs> I don't know how big it is anymore. But fine. Okay. That random one or two guys out there in the hobby today. Well, well exactly. And it's not, it's not because they – if someone has Apple Pay or Google Pay, they absolutely have PayPal. 100%. It's, it, it's more so the guy that wants to send a check. Oh, it's definitely right? the old school what's, guy that still is has what's a they're not accepting theory against online any online activity. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, but essentially, we've kind of broken down that as really not even a, a selling point either. And irrelevant. Then, irrelevant. The last point is multiple seller protection policies. Currently, you have varying seller protection policies across eBay and eBay with confusion about where to file and how to manage disputes. Now. You'll have a consolidated seller protection approach. I have to say this is really funny. Basically, their entire approach to promote managed payments is essentially throwing themselves under the bus for everything that eBay was before managed payments. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's true. Isn't that funny? Like, hey, guys, we're eBay. Everything we've done for you as a seller until now 
has sucked. Come over to Manage Payments and you'll love it. Remember that company we bought PayPal and then we spun off and we were sour right. with? Yeah. Um, th- this to me is them getting back at PayPal. Now, let, those are the pros. Let's, exactly. Let's talk about some of the cons that obviously they Those are list. the pros, yet we poke holes in all of them. <laughs> okay, so here, here's a couple of the cons that, that stick out to me. First, and you brought this up yesterday. I think it's a big one that kind of goes unnoticed. You can no longer this, – this program does not support the global shipping program. I don't know. I could be wrong. I brought it up because I remember making the call very early on that I didn't want to have to deal with global shipping. Therefore, I opted into the global shipping program. And I remember the first few transactions that took place that required a card to end up in the buyer's hands overseas in Asia and having to ship it to an American address, knowing that full well at that point it's out of my hands and it's not only – their responsibility for it to get to its final destination, but also their risk. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you're telling me that the risk and the process is on me, <laughs> yet you're not telling me that in the intricacies of the shipping portal, if you will, yep. that there's going to be some managed process where I won't make a mistake and end up selling a card to someone in Thailand for $4 shipping when it's really 40. Right. Yep. That scares me. Yeah, very very much so. That okay. makes me feel like at least in the early going with managed payments I'm more than likely going to just not be willing to sell to to anybody but domestic customers. Yeah, well they specifically address it and the way they they say it is um and you're 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 going to ship internationally on your own is their words right that's my point right that's it's scary. like that's extremely scary um not that it, you don't you haven't done that before but sure i have but i've always done it with a, like you know, a bit of a deep breath you know right right exactly okay so that there's con number 1 con number 2 we kind of talked about but just the fact that you have to wait for funds now it, it, some of the complaints are ready and and they say that they they transfer daily that now, the assumption there is that you're getting your money immediately from a transaction, which is, is going to be my third point here in a minute. But let's just assume you get your money daily from transactions. You then submit it to your bank during you know, with a formal transfer process, and they say two to four days. The complaints that I've seen are, one, that it's pretty inconsistent, and then two, that a lot of banks have restrictions. You get You get escalated in fees if you take that many deposits, that many oh. – that much activity. I, I don't personally have that on my bank, but I, I'm sure some banks do have that. So you're, you're having to switch a bank because of it. Wow. I never even thought about that. Yeah. You know why? Because I keep everything in PayPal. Right. Exactly. And I want to keep doing it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here, here's the biggest one in my mind. The idea of eBay owning the entire process yeah, and knowing right now the shift of the last two years, three years has been towards erring on the side of the buyer and knowing now they're going to have the option of deciding when they release the funds. So I, I could already see this happening, right? You're going to, you're going to have a couple transactions. You don't ship it in time. And all of a sudden you get flagged with, you know, s- slow shipping rates. And then they say, you know what, we're going to actually, we're going to, 
we're going to waterfall your, we're going to drip your, your funds out and we're going to wait until customers receive their product for you to get your money. I, I just, I, I already see that happening, right? It's, it's going to happen because they're going to err on the side of the buyer and they have a hundred percent leverage because they own, they own all of the money. It's going to be, it's, and then when someone files a claim, you already know what eBay's going to do. They're going to start withdrawing the money for the, there's no account, right? So they're going to, they're going to withdraw the money to hold it out of your bank account. And it's going to cause all kinds of issues. I, I just, I am so not a fan of this process. Beyond not being a fan, I'm flat out scared, quite honestly. I yep. mean, it, 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 it makes, because we have no legitimate alternative. Yes, I know. Some people out there are already muttering to themselves that we've got ComC and we've got Facebook and other things. But, I mean, everyone would agree that in terms of really selling in bulk, there's no really good second option. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And also selling to the widest audience. You know, ComC is growing. This makes me more motivated to potentially help ComC grow faster. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I- I would just say that because it's if there is a second most um, help me with the words, Ty, but the, the most legitimate mm-hmm. potential marketplace out there that can compete at least on a on a small you know scale and, and, until they have. Are you the playing capacity. Plinko in the background? Again, you know, every time <laughs> I can't believe this guy. Jeez. Every time, sit down. Uh, You're yelling at your dog, not your kid, right? Oh no, my kid's in the cage. My dog's sleeping on the couch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, family services. Uh, this is uh, that was Shani talking. Yeah, right. CYS. <laughs> Kids are at school. I'm sitting here with the dogs. It seems like they know I'm doing a podcast, and at least once during it, they have to like start to get uneasy. Like they were both passed out completely. They're upset about managed payments. I would be too. I'd be. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah. yeah. It's it's I I think yeah you'll probably see a rise in ComC I think more so you're probably going to see a rise in like some of the platforms that are built into Twitter and Facebook for like selling individual cards I bet you see a lot more people just doing that. You, you know, know what I think you're right I think everything's going to see a little bit of a C rise right yeah. um, I I mentioned ComC more than I do the others because there's a business behind it that could potentially help us as a community do something like Twitter or Facebook care about us as individuals, I'm sure. Yep. But not so much as a community. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so I don't know. I, Let, I let's just this, leave it this at, this definitely gives me heartburn. Well, there's not much more we can do until we start to have real experience. Well, that's just it. I think you and I are both having this conversation without much experience. And, and mind you, I, I think it's worth saying to, Everyone who's hearing this, our intention wasn't to come into this bashing eBay. But yeah, it certainly comes out like that because it is. It's something that we're both concerned about, I think rightfully so, and a decision that I scratched my head about. Like it didn't seem like it was broke to me. Right. I I completely agree. Yeah. For those that run businesses and to, to to lose the flexibility with your own money, that's a massive problem. 
So I, I think we're going to see uh, we're going to see a little bit of it. You know what? And, and I think eBay is probably doing it right. They're slowly releasing this to beta customers. They're going to get a lot of feedback, and I I hope that eBay does the right thing, and, and I'm sure they will. I think they will finally adjust and figure out the right kind of combination of tweaks to make this perfect. Um, they, and by the way, they they invested a ton of resources at at the national this year. I was impressed with that. EBay was you, know, you, know, you, you had never mentioned that before. What did that look like? They, I mean, they had a massive booth. They had eBay folks everywhere. They were kind of participating in random, um, you know, events. I, it, it seemed, huh. I didn't get a chance to go swing by the booth and talk to anyone, but it seems like they were. They see the potential there. I mean, I, I even saw signs for like eBay.com slash group breaks, where now it's like a category. Wow. And, yeah, they have a definition like library for group breaks and they so to their credit, I think they have adjusted correctly for certain things that are not as risky as the as they originally thought. So Right. So yeah, may, maybe they'll adjust, but and we you and I aren't negative guys. This is a uh, Generally speaking, no. I mean, I you can are definitely most pull of it out there. <laughs> <laughs> I I balance this out. <laughs> There's a difference between negative and someone who enjoys talking smack. Sure. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> That's a good segue. So I would be curious to know what you listeners think about the managed payment system. Uh, so feel free to comment on Twitter and let us know what you think when you hear this. But uh, let's take a quick break. All right, so check this out. If you're listening to this and you have a business, you should absolutely consider advertising with us because this is a prime spot, active listeners, and we want you on the team. Email me at ty at breakerculture.com. We'd love to discuss an opportunity to partner. Now, here's the situation. You got to go to breakerculture.com this week. There are a few absolutely amazing articles coming out. Number one, Tyson has a couple new articles, one on the rise of Ronald Acuna Jr. rookie prices fascinating rise we got some data to back it up and i think you're going to enjoy seeing that and uh digging into some of the numbers there uh we also got a uh anti-scammer kind of how to protect yourself in the hobby um article that tyson put together uh very elementary stuff but we have a lot of very elementary collectors entering the market so we wanted to kind of reset and help the newbie collectors kind of figure out uh your way around the hobby and some things you can do to make sure that you're safe and then finally i have a brand new 2000 1819 basketball market summary. I break down every single product that came out from 2018-19 and uh, I give it a lowdown. Kind of like we did with football last month. We're doing it with basketball this month and I think you're going to really enjoy it. Some eye-opening numbers, some eye-opening data. It's going to make you rethink products that you invest in with basketball next year. I can promise you that. So check it out. Break a culture this week, this weekend, Labor Day weekend. You're going to have all that good stuff. And of course, if you want to advertise with us, hit us up, tiebreakerculture.com. Back to the show. Because we're starting something a little bit new. This is our first annual Breaker Culture Propcast. 
<laughs> and uh, you and I spent some time over the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a very simple play on words. Uh, so creative. Uh, um, we spent some time just looking at the NFL prop bets heading into the year for the 2019-20 season. And we came up with our top 10, top 5 list. And what we're doing is you and I are each taking an imaginary um, $10,000 and we're placing it on our bets, our prop bets. And you and I are going to track these throughout the year, towards the end of the year, and see who can turn $10,000 into the most uh, lucrative return. So, you excited about this? I'm nervous. <laughs> do you, do you, how, about, how about you? You're nervous. You're nervous using imaginary money. Wow, goodness. I can't imagine I mean, how you have real money. I'm competitive. I don't like to lose. You should be used to that by now. Oh. Oh. Hey, um, do you want to maybe give a quick definition of what a, a prop bet is for those that don't sure. know? Sure. I mean, you know, proposition. And look, the bottom line to really understand it is, you know, there's the normal sports betting where you're wagering money on the winner or loser of a game or even tying several games together, you know, in a bundle. Um, that's not that's the traditional sports gambling prop bets are more your flyer bets, if you will, to use other jargon, yep. the bets where you're taking longer, riskier odds on something specific happening either within a game or within a season, mm-hmm. um, rather than on the outcome of a particular game. Got it. Okay. Easy. Barely. I mean, it can get a lot more complicated than that. Sure. But well, in some of these bets. Of this, yep. Yeah, right. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's a good way to understand it. Are you, are you in, in all transparency here, are you planning on putting any money on any of these bets at all? So now that gambling, sports gambling, has become legal in Pennsylvania, and there's a casino about a 10-minute drive from my mm-hmm. front door, um, there might be one or two. Now, I will tell you, I, I'm a poker player. If you ask any poker player, generally they're going to tell you that what they do is not gambling. Obviously, they understand that there is a an element of luck involved but that luck is hedged by the amount of time you put into it. That cannot be said for traditional, true gambling, mm-hmm. which is you're just risking your money and you have no control of the outcome. Yep. So with that said, if I do, it's going to be no more than $20 on any given bet, probably at a max of $100 total. But for the sake of fun, after this conversation, yeah, I can see myself getting a couple of these down. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for you to convince me on a couple of these. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to, to answer that question on my own, I, I do plan on putting probably uh, the the equivalent percentages on these bets. Probably not ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have casinos in Kansas? Or do you yeah, have to we do. This online, yeah, we okay. do. Yeah. Well, and I I will likely be out at the um um the sport the convention the um gosh what, what do we call that what's the convention happening next uh, two weeks from now the convention uh what's it called sports card the um industry summit so i'll likely be out at the industry summit oh in, i didn't in, realize you were going to that yeah yeah i think i think we're trying to make it out there uh for some stuff so i'll, I'll probably just do it in vegas for fun and to back up what i'm saying here so <laughs> um with that said 
You ready to do this? Let's, let's just start from the bottom of our list. I know we both have a different number of bets, but let's just uh, and we'll we'll f- we'll whittle it down to our top five, maybe when we post the uh, actual top five. But let's talk about some of the bets. Maybe your what's your least convicting prop bet? The one I'm least convinced of that is worth doing would probably be the over under on. You know what? No, that's my second least. I would say the least one is. How many do you have? How many bets do you have? I have five. Okay. All right. My number five bet. Yep. Is the odds on the Steelers ending the season as the number one seed in the AFC? Not winning the AFC championship. It's finishing the regular season as the number one seed heading into the playoffs. And they're at plus 900. Just to give you a a comparison, Pats are number one at plus 240. KC is number two at plus 330. So the Steelers being plus 900 puts them pretty much in the middle of the pack, maybe even towards the end of that middle of the pack. Um, So the way I look at this is if I'm risking only 20 bucks, my upside is 9x plus, really it's better than that, um, relative to who they think are the favorites being plus 240 and plus 330. So, yeah, the, the, the money really makes sense. Hmm. The, a bet like this doesn't make sense in general because what you have to think of is always what's the opposite of this bet. It's playing the field, right? Right. And the field is always going to be probably even odds or even minus odds mm-hmm. relative to this kind of bet. So it's definitely not a, a smart bet, but again, when you're only risking twenty bucks, it's all about it's all a matter of what you can comfortably risk saying to yourself as you're paying for that bet. I'm kissing this money goodbye. I don't care if I don't get it back. Okay, right? so you got your ten thousand bucks. How much is going on that bet? No more than a hundred. You're putting a hundred dollars out of your ten thousand on, on a bet with that's this long. Okay. And the field is, you know, that big. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can't. All right. So you, you I, I might be, I might be too cerebral for that kind of conversation. <laughs> too, too bad. More of a gambler. It's, it's fake money. My gosh, be a little more aggressive than that. Yeah. I love it. All right, I thought a hundred bucks on Steelers. Okay, my number five. I, so I have ten, but I'll save my six through ten as kind of the flyers at the end, and I'll just, we'll sure talk, we'll talk about them. So my number five bet is Sony Michelle. The under on eleven twenty yards for the year rushing yards. You're taking the under. I'm taking the under. I'm taking the under. That's that's a that's a negative one seventy. Now, Sonny Michelle doesn't is Nikhil Harry a wide receiver? Or he is. Back? He's a, he's a wide receiver. Now he, here's my logic on that. So last year he rushed for nine thirty one. Um, he played in thirteen games, but really he only played in about ten because he started coming on at you know after week seven. seven. Okay. Um. I I just I I. I never bet strong. I would never bet strong or draft and fantasy high a Patriots running back. I just I've always been burned. Um, you're you're betting on Tom Brady having a good year and taking a lot of stress off the run game, and I just I I think there's just too much risk there for him to get 1120. He's going to have to get 250 carries and he's going to have to average about five yards a carry. Not to mention. I think to support your logic, this is this is all rushing yards. It's not all purpose yards. Correct. Yeah. And you know that we know the Pats often use their running back coming out of the backfield. Yep. 
as a check down. So those exactly. are rushing yards. Those are all purpose yards. Yep, that's exactly why. Right. Um, who, their guy coming out of the background, it's not James White anymore, is it? Because did he, is he done? Or is he still playing? James White's still playing. I hate only be like a fourth or fifth year guy. So yeah, yeah he's yeah, probably he's still, still around. Yeah, we're good there. Um, yeah, he shoot. He had 87 receptions last year. James right. White, insane, and 94 carries, which is a lot. Um, okay, who's your number? What's your number four prop bet? Number four prop bet for me would be the Mayfield, similar to yours, by the way. Mayfield over under on passing yards at 43.25.5. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the under. Taking the under. All right. I I all I mean really as a, as a Pittsburgh guy as a Steelers fan, all I have to say is they're the Browns. <laughs> I know a lot of people have a lot of expectations, and I'll be the first one to say, even as a Homer Steelers fan, they've done a lot of retooling. They've brought a lot of names in. He's still only a second-year guy. He generally plays a bit non-traditional. They're still all first-year coaching staff and totally in flux as a team in that respect. I struggle understanding how the Browns have been the Browns for so long and because of a bunch of signings, everybody's ready to crown them. You just can't do it. It baffles me. (laughs) What was the number again? The total yardage? Yeah, yeah. It's the over-under on passing yards at 4,325.5 yards. Okay. So here's the stats from last year. 37-25 in 13 games. He averaged 266 a game. If you add those three games to that average, it gets him to 45-23. How close is that? So basically, I need him to like sit for or be hurt for a game or two or be slightly under his average. Correct. And he only added Odell Beckham Jr. And you could argue that Bradley Chubb is going to take – or Nick Chubb is going to – wait, what is it? It's Nick Chubb, yeah. Nick Chubb is going to take a whole lot of uh, pressure off of him. I think you would argue that he has to if they want to achieve anything close to the expectations they have for themselves, let alone what the the media has. Yeah. Um, That's an interesting one. I think I would be taking the over. If that was my bet, I'd be taking the over. (laughs) And and I think the biggest logic, the biggest defense of that would be I think their defense is going to be terrible. And I think they're going to have to throw. Right, so having the throw is a far cry from completing those. <laughs> you just hate the Browns. I love it. This is a Steelers <laughs> bet, man. This is totally a Steelers bet. This is not a. Hey, this is not a Browns bet. I don't see Steelers anywhere in Baker Mayfield or Browns. Oh, <laughs> uh, you, 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 you. All right. So my, uh, I am my number four bet is also an under on QB yardage. I'm taking the Matt Ryan under forty five seventy five in yardage. And I looked. I actually looked at that when I was looking at Mayfield and the other QBs. I saw that, and I was like, "That's really the smarter one to take." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, he, he played 16 games. He's played 60 games every year, basically, since two, uh, 2009. Uh, he threw for 49-24 last year. He threw for 4,090 the year before that. Um, and they seem to go every other year as a team. Right. He's good he's, year, bad year. Good year, bad year which means they're due for a down year. That's kind of now, my logic, but I just I just 
I don't know, man. His run's coming to an end. I just feel he's 35 this year. Not just him, by the way, the team. I mean, like, you know, they're not all older guys. I, I understand they have Freeman, but, you know, Julio Jones is no spring chicken. <laughs> right? He'd still be in a race. Um, <laughs> that's like saying you'd be taller than me. I'm 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 a short and slow guy, not uh, just a slow guy. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Um, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I, I agree. I think it's just attrition across the team, and I I just that's really what I meant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you would uh you would agree with that. So oh so oh, by the way, let's go back to your number four bet. How much money are you putting on that bet? Your Mayfield. Um, we're saying out of ten G's. Yep. You got ninety nine hundred left. Yeah. Two. Two K. Two or two to three, somewhere between two and three. You need you need a number. Give me a number. Uh, twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred. All right. I put a thousand on Sony Michelle. I'm putting two thousand on Matt Ryan going under. Okay. Okay. All right. Number three. My. Oh, I lost it. Where'd it go? My number three, I might have to just substitute it for this one since I can't find it. I will later, but we'll go with the over-under. This is really probably my number one, quite honestly, so I'll switch this. Devin Bush, Defensive Rookie of the Year. You're so versatile with your picks. (laughs) Now, I will say, this is actually the homer pick, but it's also the number one listed on the, uh, the site that I looked at. He is the favorite. For defensive rookie of the year, what what are the odds on that one? He is plus four hundred. Just to give you the backdrop, Devin White's plus six hundred. Bosa is plus seven hundred. Ed Oliver is plus eight hundred. Josh Allen is plus nine hundred. Williams is Quinn Williams is plus one hundred plus a thousand, mm-hmm. and Cleveland Farrell is plus fifteen hundred. Now you could look at this one of two ways. My upshot of making money is taking longer odds on a guy like Farrell, who's still listed in the top five for winning this right. at plus 1,500. Or I can invest more money with a guy like Devin Bush, who is not only – he was named the starter the minute he was drafted, mm-hmm. with Shazier being um, you know, where he is obviously hurt and never coming back. Right. Um, and And – with the chance of not only being the starter at that position, but even winning the captaincy position for the defense Mm -hmm. where there is a hole for the Steelers. So they're putting a lot of eggs in one basket with Devin Bush. He will have every opportunity to prove that he deserves rookie of the year, not just for on field, but for what writers and people who vote for this will know that he's involved at every level of this defense. Mm -hmm. So, Again, you can go one of two ways. You can go longer odds, Farrell plus fifteen hundred on the one thousand dollar bet, which obviously gives you uh, close to six times, five times the potential money, uh, potential winnings, if you will, mm-hmm. versus Bush, which you feel potentially has a much better chance. Obviously, this website has that sentiment as well. At only plus four hundred, but if I invest. What I anticipate, you know, if I just put in twenty five hundred at that other bit, I've got to go at least slightly above that. If I'm going to put four thousand in on plus four hundred and win an easier bet, potentially, right? So you're going, you're going four thousand? Yeah. Wow. Okay. 
So that leaves you with uh, 60, so about 3,400 yeah, 3, left. I probably should have saved a little bit of money then. I didn't realize that. I thought I got. I thought I went so low on that first bet that I needed to make up some ground. So cut that down to 3,000 so I have a little bit more to give on my biggest bet, right? Mm-hmm. My biggest bet should be my number one pick, well, right? not necessarily. But yeah, you're right. I, I, I want it to be. Okay, so you got, you got 4,400 left. Um, okay. All right, so uh, I like it. I'll, well, I don't know if I like it, but okay. I mean, I can't. I can't argue with you it. You can accept the logic. I can accept the logic. Yeah, I, I do like him too. He's been. He has been all the talk. When when Ryan Shazier says he's gonna be, he's gonna be exceptional replacement. Right. It's like okay. Well, he's. You, you take those guys' word. All right. My number three. I'm taking an over on a quarterback yardage. I'm taking the over on Deshaun Watson four thousand seventy five. Interesting. I saw that as well. Obviously, I paid close attention to the yardages as well. I, I can't argue with that one. It, <laughs> it, it, it looked like one of the lowest numbers. I, it, I really, it, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that's what stood out to me. Um, he threw for 41.65 last year, and I don't feel like he had – he was still coming off the knee surgery, um, kind of getting his bearings the first four or five weeks. I just feel like with DeAndre Hopkins and, and a healthy receiving crew, there, there's just no way he doesn't throw for over 4,000 yards. In a weak conference. In a week, exactly. Pretty close to being the lock number one. Yeah. I think that's a, it's, it's a negative 120 bet, but to me, that is a, that's an extreme, and, and barring injury, right? These are all assuming like 16 game seasons for these players. Right, obviously. Right. But I mean, that's it. Said, right. That's a, that's an easy bet for me. So I, I will put, uh, I will put, $2,500 on that one, which leaves me $4,500 left. So for my final bet. You got, you got two left. You got number two and number one. Oh, darn it. I really didn't manage the money well, but it doesn't really matter. It's fake. <laughs> Maybe it's not. All right. I will. <laughs> Unless you're giving me 10 Gs, where, in which case it's still fake. Um. Where did my other bet go then? I can't believe I'm missing it. I will make one up before giving my final bet then because I actually just circled two bets here. And it's funny. Kyler Murray is the talk of all rookies, right? Mm-hmm. We know that he's going to start, right? Mm-hmm. I'm torn between two bets that are both yardage bets on Kyler Murray. Do I go... Over under on thirty five hundred yards passing, mm, or the rushing yards at four hundred something, four fifty five point five. That seems low, oh, man. That's for a tough. guy who can run. Granted, he's not a he's not a running back, and they've got David Johnson. But as a rookie, who's gonna want to like he, he's gonna want to pull that trigger, right? You know, it's like, oh, I feel like. So let me say this. One of these is my fifth bet, even though I know my fifth bet is still coming. It's just that I'm saving it because it's truly the one bet I believe in the most. Mm-hmm. But one of these is my fifth and one of these is my sixth. Even though we already said I'm, I only got five and I'm, I've got – I've, as we've been talking, I've been throwing asterisks on my pages to kind of say, okay, here's a couple more places where I would probably put some money. Mm-hmm. So whichever, whichever one of these I didn't do, passing or rushing – I'm probably still doing the other one for less. 
Okay, so I I may parlay these both. By the way, Ooh, there that's you go. my bet. I'm going to parlay these two. I say he's going to go over on rushing. Am I really going to take the under on 3500? No way. There's no way he's, you could do that. He's going over on both. Okay. I'm going to parlay Kyler Murray. Runaway rookie over. of the year then. And I, I had him listed. He, his. Do you want to know what his odds are on rookie of the year? What are they? I don't even know. Because this, you would almost parlay. Can you imagine this? I'm gonna tease all three. This is what I'm doing. Oh, I'm getting crazy. Oh my goodness, this is fake money. Burning the hole in your pocket. All three. I'm going Kyler Murray for rookie of the year at plus one fifty. Okay. Mind you, remember I told you that Devin Bush was the favorite at plus four hundred for defensive rookie of the year. Kyler Murray's at plus 150 for offensive. That just shows you how little they respect the rest of the rookies on the offensive side. Mm. The next closest guy is Josh Jacobs at plus 600. So, Ooh, and that, that's a sexy bet too, though. My gosh. Uh, yeah, longer odds, right? If he does well or if Murray falters even a little bit, there may not be another guy out there. And, right. And I'll just tell you how it goes. Murray plus 150, Jacobs plus 600. Haskins, I think, is actually the better go at plus 700. Hmm. The field is plus 800. Wow. Yeah. That, to me, is interesting. Isn't it? There was not a field pick for defensive rookie of the year. Huh. Only for the offensive one. It just, from a, from a collector standpoint, that just shows you how tough Exciting. it's going Tough and exciting. Yeah, right, exactly. You pull one of those three guys, you're going to be sitting pretty nice. Right. But you don't know anything about the rest of the, the, rest of the field. Well, and really this year, as far as if we're going to transition to the hobby just a bit, I'll make one added statement before coming back to what my bet's going to be. But the other guys you're really looking at this year are longer holds. Greer, yep. Locke. You know, you're, you're just holding these guys for much Jones. longer. Than I, yep. If they even play this year, it's not going to be early, and it's not going to be for many games. Yeah, the, the one guy I think would be potentially an exception is Daniel Jones. Fine, right. But even still, he's just going to be handing the ball to Saquon all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Realistically. Yeah, maybe. <clears throat> all right, so you, I, I like that. So you got okay. you got a tease between three. I'm doing three Kyler Murray bets in one. The triple T's. The triple T's of oh, offensive rookie of the year at plus 150. Over on passing 3,500.5. And over on rushing at 455.5. And the funniest thing is I don't even, even think he's that good of a player. <laughs> but these numbers are just too enticing. And that's what Vegas does. This that's is it. suck you in. That's it. You're but, giving him way too much. Okay, so how much money are you no, dropping on this one? it's not that. It's... I'll I'll put uh, what do you say? I have four thousand left. Yeah, forty four hundred. Uh, sixteen hundred, fifteen hundred, fifteen hundred. How about four, fourteen? So you have an even three k left. That's fine. Fourteen. That's fine. All right. Um, and by the way, you have to remember, I've just teased this. Yeah, I can't tell you what the numbers are because I'm not that kind of math. We'll plug it all in. By the way, I'm going to use if anyone's using or is not using the Action Network app, go get it. It's right. incredibly fun. You can put out fake so, bits and we can monitor each other. By doing that, I've teased it. I'll keep his offensive rookie of the year number at plus 150, but I'm getting his both passing and rushing yards down 
since I'm going with the over. Hmm. So by teasing these three together, I'm at least bringing his passing yards down to like 32.5 and his rushing yards down to 400. Is that is that a bet that would be accepted? Is that can you make that bet? I mean, look, I don't, I don't know, know if, about teasing prop bets. I, don't, I didn't even know you could do that, honestly. Or do you? You can you... definitely parlay them, right. right? Whether or not you can tease them in such a way that you get better odds yep. or improved out, you know, numbers, right? <clears throat> That's the assumption I'm making because it, 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 it's fun for me. Yeah, I like it. It's my bet. You're right. You've just created your own world. If I go down there and I find out that I can do that with these numbers, with the if their numbers are similar, and I can parlay these three together and get better rushing yards and better passing yards, Oof. I'm making this bet. All right, I'm holding you to that. Why not? Why not? All right, so there's your number two. Uh, my That's number a fun bet, by the way. Woo. That is a fun bet. So I. I already know what your number one is, and so that that was actually going to be my number two. But I'm going to take it off the table. I'm going to switch oh, it around. Obviously, I don't care, but you know, go ahead. No, well, just to mix it up a little, give give some yeah. some variety out there. Sure. So I I am I'm going to take I'm going to take a massive flyer here, Ooh. And, and I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey with the most rushing TDs in the NFL at plus twenty one hundred. Wait, wait, that's yards or TDs? He's most, not going to have 21. You said most rushing TDs and you said 2,100. Most rushing TDs, the line is plus 2,100. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought the number – okay, okay, okay. Yep. How about that one? Uh-huh. Wow, 2,100. Who, who, who was around him for that? So, yeah, so it's it's Todd Gurley at plus 850. Okay. Ezekiel Elliott's got plus 650. Uh, so actually, Ezekiel Elliott's number one. I don't know why they have him at number two. Yeah, um, but he's a, he, he's not – I mean, they don't the last play. article I just read, he might not even play. Right. So you never take that bet. Camaro's at 1,200. Saquon's at plus 800. So number one's technically Barkley now. Right. Um, and then you drop down to Nick Chubb at 1,100. Henry Connor at 1,500. I looked – I went down that list. I'm thinking Marlon Max 1,800. Le'Veon hmm. Bell's 1,800. Then Christian McCaffrey – is at twenty one hundred. To me, that is a fun, potentially really lucrative bet. It's interesting, considering he has a quarterback that likes to run it in inside of five yards. Well, so there, there, therein lies the problem. That's probably that's where Vegas is getting you. They're thinking yeah. McCaffrey's going to get a lot of TDs, but they're going to be receiving TDs. Right, and his and the goal line TDs are, you know, I mean, he's the goal line running back, but so is Cam Newton. Right. So anyway, I'm sticking with it. Sticking ah, with it's it. a fun one. I mean, it's, how, yeah, you know. so I'll go. Uh, I got five k left. I'm gonna go ahead. And, I actually got forty five k left. I'm gonna drop. Um, I'm gonna drop a thousand dollars into that one. Cool. So I got thirty three thousand dollars for my last bet. Especially if you like a guy, put put a bet like this out there for what you can legitimately have fun with, like a twenty dollar bet on something like yeah. this. Yeah. Okay. And you get to watch him and really root even more for him all year long in that kind of way, you know. So that's right. All right, you're number one. Fun. I know what it is. I think it's an outstanding bet. It's it a no brainer. I mean, it really is. This is a bet I will definitely make. My fear is I won't be able to make it in Pittsburgh, and not fear. It's probably legitimate that I cannot make it in Pittsburgh, and I'll have to have somebody make it overseas or find a website that I'm willing to do it on. 
It is the Steelers over under on total wins at nine. Mm, I love it. If you look at the Steelers' schedule after their first game against the Patriots, it might be one of the easiest. It's not a question of whether it's one of them. It is certainly one of the easiest schedules mm-hmm. in the league this year. And the only question is, is whether or not it's the easiest. Right. Uh, uh, so it's only at uh, – it's minus one – sorry, plus 110. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not making a lot off of the bet, but I'm putting the rest of my money on it. Well, yeah, I mean, again, the the odds are lower because it's a much more of a certain bet. Yeah. Just to give you uh, some idea of where other teams are, I wrote down the Browns because they – I feel like this is an easy under bet if I would have gone that way. Again. They're also nine. So narrow-focused, yes. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. Well, if I'm going over on the Steelers for this kind of bet, it only makes sense to take another AFC North on the under. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only two games that we would face each other for, but I'm also going under on Mayfield's yardage. You know, I mean, anyway. Yeah. Right. Their number is nine as well. And I don't know. I just don't see them going from where they've been the last several years, even having improved as much as they have, to nine wins. And it's minus 125. The Chiefs, I wrote this down because they're your squad. Their over-under number is 10.5 wins, which really means they have to win 11 for it not to be a push. Mm-hmm. Minus 130. Yeah. I, I, That's a hard bet. Agreed. That's a very hard bet. Them and the Patriots at that number, there's no way you make that bet. I um, I, I did go through the Steelers' schedule. And Good. I, I came up with eleven and five. Okay, and uh, there you go. I and mean, there's probably at least one game that I disagree with you on that's a win instead of a loss. Well, yeah, vice versa, right? Um, I think <laughs> I think you, you probably split it. Even if you split at Baltimore and you split at Cleveland, and if you take both at Cincinnati, you're at eleven because you're you're gonna win. You're gonna take San Francisco, Miami, Indianapolis. You probably lose two of three or one of three at the Patriots, Seattle. In LA, you could still lose two of three and get ten Wait, wins. Which, which LA team is it? It's you, the Chargers, right? Not you play Rams. both. You play both. Oh, we play the Rams you, and the Chargers. You play at the Chargers and the Rams at home. Okay. And yeah. then you got Arizona, you got Buffalo, and you got New York Jets. Four yeah. of your last five, uh, three of your last four games. I mean, my goodness gracious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe not the easiest, but you know, yeah, definitely. Okay, so you're dropping the rest of your money on this. Three grand. It's one of those bets that in order to make it worthwhile, especially for this kind of activity, yep. you've got to get a big bet. Yeah, so your 3,000 will be worth, you win it, you're going you're gonna to pull out 5,500-ish. Got it. Cool. Um, all right, my number one bet. You're going to like this. My number one bet, it's minus 115. Most pass TDs by any quarterback in the NFL over 42 and a half. Wait a second. Most passing TDs by any quarterback over 42 and a half for the year. So I'm betting on I'm I'm betting on one quarterback throwing over throwing 43 touchdowns or more. You're going with Roethlisberger? No, you, it's the field. You bet the entire field. Oh. 
It's uh, uh you, so you take the over under for the league. I get it. I like it. What's the odds? Minus one fifteen. Minus one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you got to put a lot of money on it. Yeah, I'm gonna do the same. I'm gonna drop the re- remaining part of my money, so thirty five hundred. I didn't see that bet. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, I just I think with this day and age, like we saw, you know, Mahomes yeah, get to fifty. Pass heavy. Right. Yeah, the totally. quarterback's extremely protected now. I just think oh, there's yeah. no way someone doesn't throw over forty two and a half. That's interesting. Well, that's why Vegas made it minus one fifteen. They're right. basically saying Here's a fun bet that you'll probably win, but you got to put a lot of money down to make it. So they're probably not going to get many people doing it. More well, yeah, I mean, look, it's, about. it's still, I mean, you look at making 80% of your money. Right. Right. I, that, that's what you're you're doing here. So you'll take that. Okay. So 3500 on that. Uh, I'm going to plug all these into Action Network. Here's a few other bets that I, I'm going to throw out there for you. I've got a couple that I asterisk, like I said. So yeah. Go ahead. So here's one that I, I really like. Um, so I have I earmarked two guys for the most passing touchdowns in the NFL. <laughs> Funny enough, Roethlisberger at plus twelve hundred, Baker Ma- Baker Mayfield at plus one thousand. Yeah. <laughs> like to me, even just putting a hundred bucks on both those guys, one of those two throwing the most touchdowns. That's interesting. I think it'll be a fun bet. I got most receiving touchdowns. I got two guys. Michael Thomas is plus fourteen hundred. Crazy to me. That is crazy. He's a machine. That's all they got. And that's except that. the breeze has made superstars out of out of much less. Well, right? true, but and and you you maybe argue Thomas got his contract and maybe not so right. incented. But plus fourteen hundred, I think it's a pretty solid fun bet. But here's the one that I really liked. Cooper Cup has been getting some mad. Mad props about the way he looks. And he was a machine. He was a touchdown machine a couple years ago. Plus 5,000 to to have the most receiving touchdowns in the NFL. Huh. <laughs> to me, it's like, hmm. So, so you like, yeah, you like these longer odds, which I totally understand. That's well, again, that's where you, like you said, yeah, you, you throw a little bit less money. Yeah, money, and yeah. it's fun. Yeah. Um, the other one that I thought was interesting, this is a homer bet. The, the one homer bet that I had was Frank Clark with the most sacks in the NFL, plus 2,000. Huh. So. Thoughts? All right. So I'll give you – I mean it's it, – my thoughts are the same for all of them. It's like you're, you're looking at those fun flyer bets. You know, Anybody who's interested could go and look at these odds. And look for the guys that are, I would argue, you don't look at the guys that are the highest odds. Right. The odds. There, 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 there's a reason why they're there. It's not going to happen. But the guys <laughs> in the middle of the pack, you can, you know, with what you know, make some type of justification up based on some sound logic for yourself and make a decent thesis on it for in your own mind and make that bet. Those are fun. And you don't put a lot of money, but your your odds are good that even on twenty to a hundred bucks, you're gonna make enough money that you're gonna be like making that bet five more times than next year. Right. I looked at some different bets, either ones that I really just thought were interesting to think about, okay. or not necessarily a longer odds bets like you looked at. Regular season MVP. Okay. I just thought it was interesting that it went like this. Mahomes at plus 500, Wentz plus 800, Breeze, Rodgers, 
Brady Mayfield nodded at third place at 12, plus 1,200. Oh, man. I just don't. What are they doing? Mayfield is a top six guy in the league now? Calm what? down. Calm down. <laughs> Can you talk about somebody else? <laughs> well, I think I wrote it down in part because you're a KC guy and Mahomes is number one on the list. Well, I, I, as he should be, right? The reigning MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. I really like this bet, but I have to look much more seriously at early season schedules to make a well-educated determination. And that is last team undefeated. Pats at plus 720, Chiefs plus 850, Eagles plus 950, and then the Saints, Cowboys, and Seahawks all at plus 1,000. Now, it gets deeper, obviously, with crazy long odds. The Steelers at plus 4,500. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a middle-of-the-pack number. Yeah. The long, long odds are the Bengals and Redskins at plus 17,500. 17, that is. Um, Giants plus 7,000. That Interesting. You could, you could go in a couple of directions, right? You can go much longer odds and just take a flyer on any team. Yep. You can go... But but even taking the team you like, that's a good team. Like the Chiefs are still plus eight fifty. So yeah. that's a fun bet. You know, that's the kind of bet I feel like I would say. Anybody who's a fan of any team, go and bet your team for twenty bucks, and, and you know, you're either going to Vegas and having a great time on those winnings because you were a Redskins fan, mm-hmm. or you're collecting a nice little check if you were a Chiefs fan. Hmm. It's a fun bet. Agreed. I like that. Um, I like this one. Will Antonio Brown play week one? <laughs> Minus 500, yes. Plus 300, no. And they had a number of those on, uh, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven different players on whether or not they're going to play. Um, where is the... I like this one. First rookie to get suspended. Who, who do you like in this one? I mean, I don't know any of them. <laughs> you just like the idea thought, of the bet. You I don't just like thought it. Was so funny you know, I had to mention it. You know. Thanks for all the education for, on this one. Yes, that, that is I a mean, funny come one. Come on, you have that to is funny. For the four players listed are Dexter Lawrence, um, Gerald Willis, Jeff Simmons, and Montez mm-hmm. Sweat. And then also on defensive rookie bets, first player to get a sack. Mm-hmm. Bosa plus 150, Cleveland Farrell plus 200, and Oliver plus 300, and then a whole bunch of guys nodded at plus 400. And then they had, as the bet you made on McCaffrey, mm-hmm. rookies listed as both either running back or receiver, most TDs. So most TDs for a running back starts with Josh Jacobs at plus 130. Or most TDs for a wide receiver starts with DK Metcalf at plus 130. Hmm. It goes from there. And Keel Harry's at plus 200. Who might not even play? <laughs> I didn't realize that. What's going on there? Well, he's hurt, and I think they're gonna they're gonna ease him back into the schedule. It seems like. But here's the one you might be interested in: Me Cole Hardman at plus 300. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. By the way, maybe that's partially why. The running back numbers weren't so great for Casey, but I I like it. Prop bets, man, I'm telling you, it's fun. I'm I'm really glad we took some time to do this because I think it's going to be fun to watch this throughout the year. Um, Like I said, I'm going to put these in the Action Network. I'm going to 
I'll send a link out on Twitter. I'll put it in our show notes here. You can follow us. If you don't have the, again, get the Action Network, download the app, and follow us, and we can all track each other bets. I'll, maybe I'll create a, a breaker culture group. We can all kind of see how, how good of uh, sports gamblers we have you know, in our, as our listeners. Yeah, I mean, how good a prop bet sports gamblers we are. I don't think that's really that much. Of well, no, no, <laughs> right. But uh, it, within the Action Network, you can list all – it It actually it integrates with your betting system that you use, and it shows how your rate of success for your, your bets, any bets. It's kind of fun. So, you're, so in other words, we could potentially continue this into non-prop yeah. regular season gambling, and then we really get to see who's better. Yeah. I, th- I think so. I think it might just have to happen. This could be fun. This could be real fun. Now, I- I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. You and I are working on something. Um, we'll hopefully have it done by this weekend. And it's going to be an incredible competition. Um, we're going fantasy, to – Fantasy-based, right? Fantasy-based, card value-based auction draft. You are going to have a set amount of fake money. Each anyone can enter a set amount of money, and we'll determine this uh, in our post. Um, and you're going to be able to. You're going to have to buy five players for your your NFL fantasy team based on card values. And you're going to list your five players, the values, and I'll have all the values in a spreadsheet so you know what the rookie card values actually are, the time of release. And whoever has the biggest percentage increase on their team um, at Super Bowl wins right. a case of 2019 football cards. Case. So just to, right. So just to clarify, I mean, not only are you winning a case, but as far as it being an auction style, that doesn't mean that you have to be live with us Correct. in order to conduct an auction. It means that to accumulate your five players – for the set amount of money that everyone has to start with, you're going to buy those players at a predetermined auction value. Correct. That's what we mean by auction. And the, and the value will be determined strictly based on their rookie based card on value. Their cards. Now, for rookies this year, we're going to make some assumptions, um, which we have to do. But uh, we'll do it. We'll make it a fair price. And everyone will have the, the same set of data to work with. And we'll see who's the best sports card fantasy investor for uh for the season and you get handsomely rewarded i'm excited man it's gonna be fun it is that is a really exciting i wish i could compete for the case i don't i'm not saying you should allow me to i'm not asking to this is for the listening audience and you guys should all just really think about this well i need you, you have the, well, the only way we pay for this case. is if your ten thousand dollar prop bets do well so you <laughs> <laughs> nice nice uh, so yeah, wow, it's a, a great idea on your part. I, I think it's uh, a lot of fun to even just think about and talk about. Once we really put it into action, it's going to be a blast all fun. year long. We will. Uh, let's get as many people as we can. It'll take you. It'll take you ten minutes to pick your five players, and you can lock it in, and we'll watch it and trash talk each other throughout the year. But uh, we're all well, we, we some, like heads up on you know leaderboards and stuff like that yeah. too. No, that'd be good. That'd be good. Um and it's fun too because all of us like talking about values and investment values in, in sports cards, especially especially when it comes to football when you and I are a little bit uh a little bit more negative on the football side, so there's probably a few people out there that know what we've said about football collecting in the past that are like pumping their fists like, "Yeah, we made you eat your words." Exactly. Well, I love it. Here I love we are. It. 
you know? That's right. If we like it, we'll do it for NBA. Have some fun. I think there's no doubt we're doing this for the NBA with a Zion year coming. Yeah, right. Agreed. Especially now that he signed for Panini and we know we're going to have that. Oh, that's good. That's going to be a fun conversation. We, we got so much NBA stuff planned, you and I. It's ridiculous. Yeah. We, I should, we should probably not talk too much about Let's it. not. Tar our football, all football episode here. It's that's right. Fun. That's right. Well, that was fun. That was really Absolutely. fun. Have a, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, man. All right. Later. So 67, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening. If you're looking for the details of this competition and, and some of the notes around our prop bets, go to the link in the uh, show notes. We take you right to the forums of Breaker Culture where you can view the details of everything and you can even enter uh, your entry into the competition. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Thanks so much for listening. Fill out a review on iTunes. Catch you later.